0: to bird's eye view when it comes to the orioles this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions today is september 14th 2013 2013 Mm -hmm. i've gone back in time scott hit it to 88 it's september 14th and this is episode 376 my name is jake english and i'm scott magnus and on this week's show we will dig in to the most important series of this season And we'll also
1: rant about, you know, the Orioles just losing games back-to-back. Wait, no, we won't do that.
0: We'll do all that unless we don't. Right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the Drink of the Week. Scott Magnus, what is your Drink of the Week? Jake, I've decided to, you know, collect
1: uh, this uh, precious uh, drink this evening. It is the tears of Orioles Twitter because apparently um, everyone is uh, crying over how poor this team is playing on a day-in and day-out basis. So I'm going to just drink them up. Um, extremely salty, um, extremely sour, um, and apparently it was
0: um, brewed and barreled in New York from uh, previous Yankees fans. <laughs> I myself am drinking a Royal Crush Juicy IPA from Flying Dog, and it is um, it is yummy. It's also from New York. <laughs> Man. Man, I will tell you, though, Scotty, I thought of you this week. I went into the beverage store to make the purchase. Yeah. It's already here. Oh, the pumpkin. The pumpkin beer is here.
1: I mean, it's been out since August. Yeah. I
0: I looked for grapefruit, had a harder time, did not have a hard time finding the pumpkin. If you would like to see what we are drinking on a daily, weekly basis, if you'd like to share with us what fruit uh, your beer has in it. Please feel free to find us on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025.
1: I'm at M A G N eight six zero six. And with that, it's time for a checkup. All right, so let's kind of get it started. Uh Tyler Wells on the injury or on the injury front. Um maybe is going to be coming back pretty soon. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he suffered that arm fatigue. Yeah. Uh which which had him not shut down, but but he was he was really on the struggle bus. He's pitched I think over four uh outings, 1.2 innings pitched here in September. I I would say that he's closer
1: I think we're going to see, this is what my prediction is for, for Tyler Wills. I think we'll see him back for that last week of series of the Nationals and against the Red Sox. I think if the Orioles see something from him, then he goes onto the playoff roster. If they don't see anything from him, shut down for the season.
0: It would be awfully nice if they could do that Yeah. once they've clenched. Uh Scotty, we're doing the medical wing. Yeah. This is where we talk about the folks that are hurt. Mm-hmm. But there is someone missing for the first time, and I don't want to talk about it now because we're going to talk about it later. Keegan Aiken. (laughs) Yes. We're going to talk about Keegan Aiken, aren't we? Felix Bautista, with his UCL injury of some kind, has not been ruled out for a 2023 return. Now, listen, I do not think that it's likely. No. I don't think it's going to happen. But the Orioles and and Michael Elias talked to the media the other day. And he said they're taking, and he said it about a thousand times, Yep, a conservative approach because yeah. that's what the calendar allows them. Which is true. They have not ruled him out for a return. Correct.
1: And he's still going out there and throwing, you know, pitches and stuff like that. Like, not even shake pitches. He's flat, throwing t- flat ground, flat ground right. toss. Um, so I'll, I'll take that back. But again, 90 feet from flat ground. Um, again, I agree with you that I think the the chances of this happening, you know, I put it back in the day when they didn't put him on the image DL. I was like... Less than 1% chance. And right now, I'd probably put it at less than a 5% chance. Um,
0: can, can I make sure that I understand sure. the theory here? Yes. It, is it that yeah. in order to repair this, he's going to need surgery? Of course. And that because he's going to have to have surgery anyway. Yep. It can't get any worse. They're really not going to screw him up worse. Correct. If he injures it worse trying to come back. Correct. Man, that is... I mean, if you're going to have a UCL injury, that's kind of the best way to have it happen?
1: I think so. I mean, it'd be very interesting, like, once we start seeing him, in essence, throw potentially a bullpen session or something like that off a mound. You know, is the velocity there? Can he actually throw the splitter? Like, all these, like, kind of questions in my head.
0: I think he'll be—you know, even with diminished uh, velocity, I I think that uh, Felix Bautista is the kind of pitcher— that can come back and be effective, you know, pitching 85 uh, with the splitter in the 70s. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Um, Ryan Mountcastle, um, you know, went out of the game last evening with a left shoulder injury. You know, everyone basically was, you know, proclaiming him dead. Um, and even if you listen to the post-game, it didn't sound like Ryan Mountcastle was too optimistic that things he, were going to be positive.
0: He looked... He looked like a person defeated. Uh, he like a ghost. He, he clearly was freaked out. Uh, and I got to be honest, I was pretty freaked out with him. Yeah. Uh, this this experience. Well, let me let's let's just button this up. Of course, uh, Mount Castle. The imaging came back clean. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hyde said basically he's day to day at this point. They're mm-hmm. hoping they can just get him back in the line. They also said the it was the
1: base best case scenario yeah. for what they got back. Of like he even said that outside day to day, they're like. If he needed to come off the bench tonight, he could theoretically come off the bench this evening, um, which is pretty amazing. Like, you looked at the situation last night when the when the game ended, and you're like, he's he's more than likely out for the next few days, and he's probably going to go to the IL, especially when, you know, you heard Kerstad was going to get the call up. And you're like, hmm, like, that's, that's rough. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Mountcastle makes an appearance in the near future. I mean... We've got a lot of right-handed pitchers coming against us with the Rays.
0: Let me put a pin in uh, Kirstad for just a second because I do want to talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd like to expand on something that I was thinking about last night Mm -hmm. and put out a plea. Scott, I do not frequently stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Yes. But I do my darndest every time that there is a problem to play armchair doctor. Mm-hmm. That's something I do. Yep. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm criticizing the rest of Orioles Twitter for doing it. I do the same yep. thing. But I got to thinking last night, like, wouldn't it be great if, like, the Orioles Twitter community had some medical professionals mm-hmm. that could say, like, you know, clearly this is not a, a diagnosis. I'm just looking on the screen. But based on my clinical knowledge and training, sure, this is what it looked like. I mean, honestly, like like we I, do this with weathermen yeah. on, on Twitter. Why can't we do it with doctors? Listen, uh, the last thing we want to
1: do is have any Bachelor of Art basically proclaiming <laughs> what the injury is. So we even take a Bachelor of Science if you got, you know, some physical therapy background or something like that. Um, but don't let the kid from American University with the Bachelor of Arts degree. You know, I have a B.A.
0: in political science. But be, it's got the word science in it and it's still a Bachelor But to
1: be art. fair. You do have a BS in life. I do. I
0: have a <laughs> BA in BS. Uh, the last thing I want to say about the medical wing is this. Uh, the other day, Jordan Westberg was removed from a game for what um, Brandon Hyde referred to as non-defensive reasons, meaning he wasn't pulled you know, for a defensive replacement. He wouldn't disclose what was going on. He said that everybody's banged up and it, you know has a little something going on this time of year. And obviously, Westberg is back in the lineup. But it's the type of thing that when little things like that happen— We need to start paying attention. You know what I mean? Um, Nobody's going to be at their best right now. But when it comes to thinking about what this playoff roster is going to look like, when it comes to thinking about what the limitations down the stretch and in October might be, I'm starting to pay a lot more attention to stuff that wouldn't bother me in May.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody is over-scrutinizing um, a lot of details, both in terms of roster construction and, you know, even just who's getting playing time, winning pitch hitter comes in. Um, I actually remember last night, you know, O'Hearn came in for pinch hit with, like, two outs, and people were like, well, why is O'Hearn pitch hitting right now? And I'm like, all right, let's just take a breath. Like, I mean, it's it's going to be okay.
0: All right, I, I asked us to put Kerstad off for a moment. Sure. Let's talk about it. Why
1: Kerstad? because he's a lefty
0: okay he can't be on the playoff roster why uh oh he can be on the playoff roster he was on the roster okay my mistake as long as someone is in the
1: organization by september 1st you can make various moves to say hey you know this individual is not eligible so for example you've got in essence design not designated you gotta basically say like this person's injured. He's not available for the rest of the playoffs. Gotcha. What describing. So he didn't have to be on the 40. Of course not. Okay. Okay. You okay. just have to be in the organization by September 1st.
0: If we weren't playing for our Jackson ten-
1: holiday right now is available for the playoffs if
0: you wanted him. Don't put that out there. People yeah. will don't don't do that. I'm just saying he, he is available right now if you wanted to make that move. If if this were another meaningless September for the Orioles, yeah. I would be in love with seeing uh Essen Kirstad at the majors. I'm just not sure it buys us a whole lot right now. Now now I say that because I know Mount Castle's okay.
1: Yeah. I, I still think it's another lefty bat um that you can use as a pinch hitter. I mean, how many times have we seen Ryan O'Hearn come in and do a great job from a pinch hitting standpoint i'm certainly not saying that cursed is at the o'heren level right now because of his major league experience but i still think it gives you a lefty bat that i would prefer to have up would you rather have a lefty pinch hitting adam frazier or would you have to rather have a lefty hitting heston cursed coming off the bench
0: i mean clearly from a profile standpoint you'd want cursed but from an experience standpoint i don't i don't want jitters being a factor in a pinch hitting situation jake listen Heston Kerstad has gone through
1: so much in his young career. I mean, again, myocarditis and everything like that, too. I'm not going to question Heston Kerstad's heart, is the word? <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> um, to basically come into a clutch situation and be able to deliver.
0: Are you saying that that heart condition may have been treated with grit?
1: Uh, absolutely. No question about it.
0: All right. We've exceeded the mandate of okay. the medical wing here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Let's head on over to This Week in the Twitters, and look at baseball, Orioles baseball, at 280 characters or fewer. I'm going to go ahead and get us started, and I would like to start with a tweet from the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. We have made the following roster moves, it says. Nick Vesty from AAA. Option Cole Irvin. Now, obviously, Vesty's now gone. Yep. For the fifth time. For the fifth time. So he can't come back, unless...
1: You want to potentially expose him again, and then he's out of the organization. I think he's done for the season. Sure.
0: Uh, Cole Irvin to AAA Norfolk. Do you think that has any bearing on the roster construction in October, or do you think this is a get us through and then we'll figure it out?
1: I think it's a get it through and let's figure it out later on. Okay. That's my personal opinion. Okay. I'm I'm all fine with that. I still feel like Cole Irvin is somehow going to end up in the bullpen for October. Just a gut feel. All right. All right. Um, All right. Next tweet uh, comes from Nathan Ruiz, um, and the tweet goes as follows: The Mariners won, so the Orioles can clinch a playoff spot no sooner than Friday.
0: Friday, I feel like feel like something's happening on Friday. Mm. Wouldn't that be perfect? perfect? Bring out the pies. Our next tweet. Our next tweet comes to us from Jacob Calvin Meyer at J Calvin Meyer. Former Orioles prospect Drew Rahm returns to Camden Yards tonight with the Cardinals. Since being one of the top 20 O's prospects traded for Jack Flaherty, Rahm has a 779 ERA in four starts for St. Louis, and Flaherty has a 716 ERA in six starts for Baltimore. Scott? Yeah. Did both organizations try to lose that trade? No.
1: I mean, again, Rom has not been pitching great, but again, and Rom's probably not going to be much of anything on a long term basis.
0: Unless he's playing the Orioles when it counts. Unless he's playing the Orioles when it
1: counts. Um, that was an entire trade for Prieto, um, and let's just call it that. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that was an unfortunate game on Wednesday. Um, yeah, let's just move on from it. Um, last tweet comes from MLB on Fox, and the Orioles are front and center. The AL East race continues tonight on Fox. And then it covers Rosarena and Rushman, um, kind of in a Photoshopped version looking at the warehouse. Um, But absolutely, the Orioles are on national television uh, tonight. They're on national television tomorrow night on Apple TV. And they are also on national television next Thursday against the Cleveland Guardians. Mm. Um, So there is a plethora of games um, where the Orioles are going to be on national television. So getting people ready for October slash playoff baseball which means, get your radio handy because you're not going to be wanting to listen to John Smoltz.
0: I think it's great that you that we can not listen to John Smoltz. I think not listening to John Smoltz is 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 great. Period. But I think it's great that the national audience is getting to view the Orioles in a way where they're not just the punching bag. Yeah. The, the, tonight's game, yeah watching Cedric Mullins lay out the way he did for mm-hmm. an incredible defensive play on national television. Yep.
1: We're, we're almost used to it at this point. Gunner getting an interview right after hitting a home run by Kim Rosenthal. Cool. Incredible. Yep.
0: I mean, Ryan O'Hearn. Yep. The the Steve Pierce 2.0. I love the fact that, that the national viewing audience, the baseball audience at large... Is going to get to see what we see every night. Yeah. So
1: like I said, I think it's going to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be an exciting, it's going to be an an exciting time. It
0: it reminds me of the, of the Atlanta series. Yes. These are two of the best teams in baseball. Yeah. Playing each other at at an exciting series. Completely agree.
1: So it's been a topsy turvy uh, week as it were in terms of being an Orioles fan. Let's go around the bases and catch up on this week and then get us ready for this race series Uh, And just, you know, try to, um, you know, take some Xanax and, and calm down. All right. So let's start off at first base. And we've got John Means making his return to the Baltimore Orioles for the first time since April of 2022. Pitching on Tuesday
0: night. Can I make a confession? Sure. Followed that game incredibly closely. Listened to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how John Means looked. Yeah. And I'll I'll add one more component. Yeah. On the call that night? Yeah. Was none other than Brent Hollander.
1: Yep. AKA yeah. Jake English
0: 2.0. I was going to say Jim Hunter 2.0. No,
1: I mean, we've heard last week, you, Jim Hunter, and Brent Hollander are exactly the same kind of person. <sighs> So I
0: couldn't tell if you're I was even be- wearing the orange colored sunglasses as it were right now. So <laughs> I couldn't tell if I was being fed a, a line or if it was really happening. Uh, but John means I think had the best outing that we could have hoped for. Um, I think it was a good outing. I don't know if it was the best that we could have hoped for,
1: but I think it was a good outing. Um, you know, I think, you know, lack of breaking ball command. Um, but again, I think, you know, you look at some of his changeups that he had you're like okay that has a potential play and again it's gonna be really interesting how they do roster construction in october because i don't know where john means slots in is he your fourth starter or does he get moved to the bullpen i kind of feel like he's a bullpen arm personally like look watching him pitch on tuesday i didn't know that sounds mean but i really feel like he could be a really interesting bullpen arm
0: here's Here's what is I'll that, say. Is right. that awful for me to say that, though? It's not awful. I do, I disagree. Okay, but here, here's here's what I, I will say. Because I think it's Kyle Gibson or him
1: is your force is your force starter.
0: I think that um, John Means outing maybe it's my own expectations. Mm-hmm. Five innings pitched, three earned runs. Yeah, is what this team needed. Right. Yeah. He's he's the sixth starter. Right, right now absolutely right and he might build to be better than that or or he might not right and it had, after 576 days and it had only gone 80 pitches in yeah. Norfolk coming off of it as well a- after all that time yeah he gave us frankly I, I think what what could have been expected so you ask uh should should he be a starter or a reliever i think in the playoffs there is nobody else that i trust to give me four plus innings of competent baseball. Hmm. That's an interesting way to put it. And if we're going to go in with a staff that includes John means rather than get and rather than try to get middle relief from him in a role that he's not familiar with. And I don't know what that means for his recovery. Yeah. I would much rather just piggyback him. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that
1: aspect. Um, so I think it's interesting. Like I said, i would be interesting to see what's going to happen with John means. I want to see him make another start, obviously. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see, like, when October comes, what is John Means going to do? Um, and where is he going to be positioned? Um, and, and that's what I'd say. But great to see him come out. Great to see him, you know, get a get a strikeout, get, get through five innings. Um, I'm sure he had a ton of jitters. Um, I'm sure he didn't really sleep the night beforehand. Um, but, yeah, it was great to see him back out of the mound, as it were. And, again... Um, he deserves it. It is the best way to put it.
0: He seemed to have meant business. Yes, and frankly, I could deal with a little business yeah. from my Orioles starters. Yeah,
1: but let's go to second base, and we've got to talk a little about the skid in quotation marks. And you know, starting on Tuesday night with John Means, you know, night, um, the Orioles, you know, didn't do so well offensively, um, losing that game five to two, um, and then you know, quickly went into Wednesday and lost the game one nothing in the Drew Rom revenge game, as it would be called. Um, and, and Birdland is clearly very frustrated right now um, and very much like it's the shoe has finally dropped, as it were, um, and we're going into the race series and there is no chance that we're in essence going to recover.
0: I got to be honest, my patience is at an all time low for this. And I, I first I get it. Did you want me to play some all time low for you? Brian Mountcastle style? Please do. I get it. Look. Not a good look for the Orioles in the last 3 out of 4 games. Yeah, right. Uh brutal. Tough time to see that happen. But this stuff happens in baseball. Absolutely. And the whole reason that we're pissed right now, the whole reason that we've got that gut in our in our stomach, you know, that 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 terrible, yeah. you know, drop in our stomach right now is because every game matters. Sure. And we're not used to every game mattering this late in the season. Right. White, we're in a, no,
1: white noise is the, is the best way to describe it, as being an Orioles fan.
0: We're in a pennant race, and losses hurt. Yep. And you know what? This is when, as fans, you have to strap it on and just deal with disappointments like this. Yeah. I, the Orioles are not going to win out the rest of the season. Correct. They're also not going to lose out the rest of the season. Correct. You're going to have to have some kind of perspective. And, and I, I, again, am one who will act out. And I'm frustrated. Jake I, English is going to act out. I I will at times respond emotionally. But some of the just freaking out that I've seen on, on social media is just embarrassing. Like, yeah, that's a really crappy loss. And I can either dwell in it or watch the game tomorrow. And again, the Orioles have won 90 plus games. So I've seen them overcome mm. moments of strife the last 10 games you know they've averaged like seven runs yeah in the recency bias of the last four not the same story but okay i just can't get over the the sky is falling nonsense now that having been said i am very critical i have been very vocal about this but things are not perfect right now the yeah. last couple games the Orioles have struggled with runners and scoring. Position. Absolutely. I mean that is the the story of the the skid,
1: yep. right? And to be fair, for the entire season, the Orioles have done great with runners in scoring position. I believe they were 8th or ninth in Major League Baseball prior to coming into that Cardinal series. Um so yeah, it it has not been been great. Um and again, even if you go back and take a look at that Red Sox series, um you know starting pitching has not been crisp and you know the the bullpen also hasn't been great on that basis as well. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, ups and downs, and especially when the offense, you know, uh, is taking some poor plate appearances and not really making any hard contact balls, it gets really frustrating really quickly. Um, but you know what, here's, here's what I'm going to say, um, and it kind of comes back to your point. This is a good way to get ready for October. These This is exactly what games are going to be like in October um, it's going to be frustrating. You're going to basically be on the edge of your seat. Um, but the one thing that you know we have seen this team do countless times this entire season is show resilience. They're a team that has come back more than any other Major League Baseball team um, from come, back, come from behind wins. Um, so, yes, the Orioles will lose games for the rest of the season. They are probably going to lose at least one, maybe two, maybe even three to the Rays. They can't lose four. I'm going to say that right now. They can't no. lose four to the Rays. Uh, if that happens, then we're we're in deep trouble. Um, but even if the Orioles lose three games to the Rays in this upcoming series, and they leave the Rays series, and it's in essence a tie, as it were, even though the Orioles have the tiebreaker, I still feel great about the Orioles' odds because I'm saying, this is a team that has shown resilience to basically say, when our back's up against the wall, we're going to fight. Um, and we're going to go out there and, and pick each other up on that basis. So, yes, extremely frustrating to lose to the Cardinals and Wainwright and Rom. But it's baseball, and it happens, um, and BABIP happens, just like we saw during the 2014 ALCS, and you have to move on past it. I'd rather—and I think somebody else said this, and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize if I'm taking your words for you. Uh, It might have been Paul Valley, um, and and he said, I'd rather have this happen now, in the middle of September, with some weirdness from a luck standpoint, rather than getting into a division series and, in essence, going ice cold. Um, That's the last thing you want to have happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and keep in mind, you know, the Orioles are playing above 600 ball. Sure. Right. And the whole reason that that this is drama right now, the whole reason, is that the Rays are also playing better than 600 ball. Yeah. And we can't fix the fact that we're in a division with a team that's having a phenomenal season. Yeah. And I I think
1: it's a really interesting perspective. And I guess I, I wish Matt Taylor was here to kind of talk about this, but think back to a... There were several 1970s teams for the Baltimore Orioles that finished at 98, 99, 100 wins. I went back and looked. I think it was at the 1978 season or the 1980 season. And uh, the Orioles finished with 100 wins. And then the White Sox, I believe, finished with 102 wins. Orioles don't make the playoffs. Because in the AL East, you only had one person come out of the AL East on that basis. Um, So it happens. But again, you look at it. The Orioles' magic number, I believe, right now is four games to get to the playoffs. Guess the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It's nice to have the division.
0: I'm sorry. Did you did you just say that Boomer fans are, are tougher than than we are? Because this is like out of character for us, and we're going to get different hate letters this week.
1: I've met your father. Definitely not tougher. Definitely not tougher. <laughs> but uh, let's get into the race series. Let's go to third base, and it's going to be a stress ball. Let's 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 just let's just put it out there. This is definitely one of the biggest series, probably, honestly, in my opinion, since the 2012 Yankees-Orioles series in September, and September 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, um, where the Orioles came in one game back from the Yankees, and, you know, there was that possibility, first of all, to get the Yankees off your shoulder in terms of saying, like, hey, we're here and we're here for real, um, and then also potentially go ahead of them in the division. Um you know, you can look back at 2014, you can look back at 2016. You know, the 2016 series when Hansu Kim um, hit the home run in Toronto, and that was kind of like the way the Orioles got into the wildcard spot, I think is a big series, but I don't think it's quite the same, you know, levity um, that we're seeing right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely the biggest series in quite some time for the Baltimore Orioles, um, and everyone's a stress ball because of it. So, um, you know, w- tonight's game, you know, Super close game, back and forth, back and forth. Um, right now in the uh, bottom seventh inning, the Orioles are losing 4-3 to three after giving up a Luke Raleigh home run. But Bradish went seven innings pitched, gave up four runs, um, a really nice appearance for Bradish. I mean, without that Rayleigh home run, you basically go seven and three earned runs, which I think you would take any day. Um,
0: against a great team.
1: And then you've got some, you know, really interesting standpoints. You've got Flaherty starting tomorrow, and then, um, you know... Saturday is going to be a, a slobber knocker because you've got, you know, the Rays ace and the Orioles ace basically going against each other. So it's going to be a it's going to be an amazing series. Um, I don't know, you know, who's going to win it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think either team is going to sweep or mop as the as family barbecue boys say. Um, but it's going to be great playoff style baseball to watch.
0: I'll go on record. I think it's a split. What about you?
1: <sighs> Honestly. Uh, and I hate to say this, I think the Rays win three. Um, I just think that, you know, the Orioles, when they went to Tampa, we took three out of four. I feel like, you know, the universe has a tendency to balance itself out. I think the Orioles win one in order to get the tiebreaker. But I think we come out of this weekend series basically even up with the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, and you got two weeks to go to basically figure out who wins the division. Um, And it's, once again, stress every single night going forward again.
0: Scott, you're a wise man, and ordinarily I would agree with you, but the reason that I don't agree with you is where we're going to end up at home plate tonight, mm-hmm. and that is Adam Jones' night. Yeah. Adam Jones' night on Friday. Mm-hmm. Huge during that Rays series. I think that the emotions mm-hmm. of Adam Jones' night not only overcomes the what I expect to be excellent play by the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it overcomes the dreadful pitching that – we'll get from Jack Flaherty. Mm-hmm. Think about this for just a moment. We're talking about the history of great September series. You mentioned the Cal Statue game before, you know, when the Orioles stood up and said, no, in this moment, this is who we are. The line is drawn here, here, and no further. I think we get that on Friday night from the Orioles. I I think that, you know, w- it's... it's w- a, wouldn't that be nice? It's a legit sellout. Yep. The crowd is going to be absurd yep it's gonna be uh, loud i think it's gonna be tough for anybody to come in and win on friday night i think it's gonna be tough
1: um but again i come back and i think about earlier this season with that felix game and against seattle and you know things happen you don't think that the Orioles have any chance to win that game in seattle um during felix hernandez night and the Orioles managed to do it so We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very special night in terms of watching Adam come back and, and get recognition, um, be able to retire as an Oriole. Anything special you think is going to happen with Adam? Uh, what do you mean? I mean, do you think it's a possibility that they maybe announce that his his number is going to be retired?
0: No, you don't think so? No, absolutely not.
1: See, I think it's weird that you know they're going. The Orioles are going to do something special for for Adam on on a specific night. You don't think that, you know, they might invite Buster Olney over and basically retire Adam Jones's number?
0: All right. Scott, are you baiting me at this point? I'm just saying.
1: Um, if you want to break tradition, as it were, a little bit, who, who better to break tradition with than Adam Jones?
0: I think that it's great that Adam Jones and the Orioles are, you know, publicly yeah. back together. I think that it is great for the fans. I think it's great for Adam. Folks, I'm going
1: to summarize this. Jake English does not think that Adam Jones's number should be retired. No, not
0: even a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, surefire Orioles Hall of Famer. Yes. Clearly, you know, a green, a green jacket is already fitted for him. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think that this will be the start of the post-career ambassadorship Mm, of adam jones uh you know because he already has some role with major league baseball but i i think adam jones can have that same kind of relationship that brian roberts has sure you know um and again what is that relationship again he's an ambassador is he he's something he's somewhere out there he's got a thing yeah it's a it's a stuff with sarasota yeah and stuff yeah but Adam Jones. So Adam Jones night. Is this the Ryan Roberts watch? <laughs> it's the Adam Jones watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Adam Jones night uh, on Friday. It's going to be a hoot. Uh, Sell out. We're going to be there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be sitting in left field upper reserve. It's going to be like 2131. Everyone's going to be there. Scotty, I think that there is some nice symmetry. You and I are going to be sitting in left field upper reserve. Yeah. The exact section that we were in for Cal Statue Night.
1: Really? Yes. Wow.
0: And uh, frankly, I expect to see a little Orioles magic.
1: Well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. But a very interesting week uh, in the past, a very interesting week ahead. And again, let's not look too far past. I mean, you know, once the race series is over, the Orioles leave and go right to Houston. And boy, howdy, that's going to be a fun and hard series as well, playing in Houston. So things do not ease up for the Baltimore Orioles whatsoever.
0: You mean that Patsy of the Houston Astros? yes all right well we have made it all the way around the bases we've slid into home let's go ahead and see who won this week in fantasy boss no
1: thank you gunner thank you all right so
0: what was the category this past week that's a good question I'll tell you why (laughs) I am still not emotionally recovered from my preparation for this podcast. I know, but preparation. I, Jake, I, I know that podcast? sounds unusual. I wrote last last week when you and I sat fantasy boss. Mm-hmm. You and I said Woba. You said Woba out loud. Yeah, and I said, "Yep, Woba." Okay, WOBA. It makes yep, sense. Woba, and then I wrote OBP. Mm. It's in the show notes. Mm. OBP, and so. This week, when I got ready for our show, I looked and I was like, oh, who out OBP'd? Oh, hey, I won. It was Adley. Adley out OBP'd. All right, great. Great. I wrote some whole shtick about it. I was super excited. Like, hey, I still got a chance this season, maybe. And then I went back and looked at the actual episode. Yeah. Yeah. And And how'd that go for you? Not OBP. It was the WOBA. And I was like, okay, well, it's fine. Adley Rutschman out obp gunner henderson so probably Wobud too yeah there there happened the wait. yeah there was the waiting the waiting for me yeah was the hardest part yeah so uh yeah gunner out Wobud adley 439 to 374 uh it looks pretty unsurmountable at this point. It looks
1: tough. Some wild cards are going to have to hit. 10-5. Yeah, so wild cards are going to have to hit.
0: Well, Scotty. Yeah. We have a decision to make. Sure. Wild cards are still out there, that's fine. Yeah. We're running out of season. Yep. And so I ask you this. Yeah. Do we stop at the regular season? Oh, I think we go through the I think we go into postseason. You you're going to go all the way through the Orioles final game of, of 2023. Absolutely. You know what that means.
1: World Series are bust. I've got a chance. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Fantasy Boss is a lot rosier yes. than I thought it was going to be. And so, Scott, yeah. I ask you this. Sure. Which Oriole this week will hit the most dongs? Oh, uh,
1: so I'm I, i I'm going to go with Anthony Santander hitting the most amount of dongs. The reason why I'm going with that is uh, a lot of right-handed pitching coming up from, from the Rays. Feel like Santander is going to feast um, to a certain regard on it, um, and I feel like you know he's going to do something in Houston as well um, against that kind of pitching. So I'm going Anthony uh, for most home runs this week.
0: I gotta, in my heart, there's yeah. a player, yeah, but I'm I'm up against the wall here. And so... Ryan McKenna also got option today, so you can't pick him. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Gunner, okay? I think that's the right call. It's the right call for fantasy boss when you're down 10 5 this yes. late in the season. I want to pick set,
1: yeah, but you you are gonna go Gunner.
0: I am gonna go Gunner, yeah. but but in my heart, it's uh, I am gonna point this out. It's Mullins
1: that this whole season
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I have gone about this basis of basically just picking random people, Jake English style, and look how well it has worked out for me.
0: You are unstoppable.
1: Um, so again, you going chalk, obviously bodes very poorly for you.
0: And listen, I don't I don't want to diminish the accomplishment here, Scott. Yeah, you are you are not you are not just approaching. You're coasting into. You are. I am 2014 Orioles thing yet. You are moonwalking yes. into your very first fantasy boss victory. Well, don't don't jinx me. Too how much does that? There. How does it feel, Scott? How it, does it feel to be this excellent? It, this it, late in the season, it feels weird. It feels very weird. Well, it it also feels weird to be looking up. Uh, at this point in the season, where we are in the calendar, I, you know I should have taken a more conservative approach, but I, I did you, not. You hate your innings limit? Let's just say that much. I did. I I am the Tyler Wells yes. of this year's fantasy boss. And with that, uh, because that's so ugly, let's go ahead and look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get us started this week. Scotty, I feel like when it comes to the good, there are two categories that I've looked at this season. Mm -hmm. Either people who have had just an undeniably dominant, amazing week. Or I look at guys who are not the primary players, Mm -hmm. but rather the complimentary players who have had an incredible week to push us over the over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. This week is the second category. My good goes to Ramon Urias for being huh. helpful this past week. Listen, in six games and 19 plate appearances, he's had a 159 weighted runs created plus. That's pretty hard. And in addition to that, which should be enough in its own, he's been playing all over the field. Second base, third base, and even playing some first base when Ryan Mc- uh, when Ryan Mountcastle left the game. Uh, Ramon Urias has been an incredibly effective role player, complementary player this past week. And that's what a playoff team needs. He was good. Michael's going to go to Shintaro Fujinami. I've
1: heard of him. Uh, In the past two weeks, he's got a 0 ERA, 1.31 FIP, 10.8 Ks per 9, and 1.35 walks per 9. You know, I'm not saying that Fuji is a a dominant force, but I do think that he is going to have a role in this playoff roster pretty significantly. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a setup man, but I think he's a really interesting 6th or 7th inning guy on the future. So I'll be interested to see how he does um, the rest of this September and even into October. Um, And I'm kind of hoping to see Fuji sign with the Orioles this offseason and come back to them in 2024.
0: So you're telling me that this week we got good Fuji?
1: We got good Fuji.
0: All right. My bad is going to go to Dean Kramer, Mm -hmm. who has had successive now, not sharp starts, and could not be more poorly timed. I'm not hating on him. Dean Kramer has had an amazing season. But the last two starts, specifically, have not been good enough when the team needs it the most, so that's bad.
1: My bad's going to go to James McCann um, again. You know, since the All-Star break hasn't been doing great, but let's go the, through the first last fourteen days or the last fourteen days. One twenty-five average, one sixty on-base percentage, um, good for a forty-seven weighty runs created plus. Um, and again, the Orioles were trying to give Adley a little bit of a break before this Rays series because they knew they, that he's going to play every single game. Um, it would have been really nice to see James McCann come out and at least have some clutch hits um, during you know those two games, but we didn't see it whatsoever. So James McCann gets my bad. He has you know regressed um, you know back to maybe his first half levels, um, and just it, you know, I wish he would have contributed a little bit more actively when given the chance um, this past week.
0: Yep, uh, my ugly this week. We've talked about the skid mm-hmm. and the things that happened for me. The ugly this week was the the runners and scoring position performance on Tuesday night specifically, one for twelve, just really frustrating at bats. And again, I, I'm the one that just you know uh, decried people whining about it. As long as you have proper perspective, that's where I sit. It, it was really unfortunate that the the Orioles went so un unceremoniously uh, down in that scenario with runners in scoring position.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Just a really tough, you know, running scoring standpoint. We talked about it earlier in the episode though. Like, he also done really great with runners in scoring position. So, I can't get too mad at him um on that basis. This is the ebbs and 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 flows uh, of of a baseball season. Um, you know, my ugly for the week, you know, it's it's got to be what we talked about earlier. It's got to be, you know, folks losing their mind about the skid. And you know, I'm not here to basically say, like, you have to fan a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you want to interact that way and you want to act that way, that's fine. You know, I would say 10 years ago, I was probably in a similar mindset. Um, and now I look back at it and I'm like, honestly, it all works itself out. If they're the better team, the better team's going to win. If they're not the better team, they're not going to win. It happens is the best way to describe it. It stinks when your team loses, but there's other things to worry about in life um, on that basis and these are this is coming from a guy um that we've done a podcast on this since 2012 we, we've got a significant amount of time money
0: oh do and, we care about this
1: uh people claim that we don't is the best <laughs> way to put it um but again it's it's frustrating you're allowed to be frustrated um fan the way you are but again don't criticize the team in terms of like they don't care or like they are a bunch of bums and stuff like that like these guys are going out every night They're hustling for 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 hits and they're hustling for, you know, getting an extra base here or there, Um, you know, games like this is going to happen. And that's part of a long baseball season. Again, get to October. Anything can happen in October. And we saw that in the past few years with the Phillies, with the Braves and everything like that. We'll see what happens. Why not us? Why not us? Exactly. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and uh, blow the save um, and go from there.
0: Scotty, there's something important we need to talk about. Oh. I feel like on this show, you and I need to set a tone. Mm. We need to set a tone of responsibility, mm. of transparency, of accountability. We have, a, we have a responsibility, I think, to our listeners to be authentic. Uh, we have a responsibility to be accountable for our actions. And uh, a great listener... Reached out to us and, and said that you know perhaps there was an error in our ways in in this particular area one of our many ways <laughs> and so i I'd, I'd like to i'd like to read you something sure uh, that we received from wes and frederick he he wrote us an email as at the end of the show we encourage everyone absolutely to send us send uh, us emails send reach us out to direct messaging on twitter uh, but wes wrote us this following email he said hi fellas. I've been around for at least the last five bevies. Ooh, that's rough. That's
1: rough. Sorry about that.
0: And I normally love your podcast. It's a strong start. Yep. A little ominous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But today, I've got a bone to pick with you. I'll preface this, he says, by saying I'm not some whiny boomer who throws a hissy fit every time you express political positions that aren't completely parallel to my own. So that's not what this is. First of all. Well played. Do we do that? Yes, we do. Okay. That's well played. He said, but... I'll be damned if I stand idly by and let you besmirch the good name of my juniper berry spirit-producing friends from across the pond. I am referring, of course, to Beefeater London Gin. Sure, it's not Nolet's Reserve. It's not the Botanist or Bombay Sapphire. But for making a gin and tonic? Yeah. A gin and tonic with grapefruit juice? It's fine. It's a solid mid-tier dry gin. So I ask you this, gentlemen. What is your beef with Beefeater? Love you guys, Wes and Frederick. First of all, uh, Wes, thank you. Very well done. This is this is important. Uh, and secondly, uh, this is this is where the accountability comes in, Scott. Yeah. Occasionally, yes. Not all the time. Occasionally, most of the time. Often, you and I will express strong opinions. Yes. For the purpose of having something to talk about on this fine program. Perhaps
1: some hyperbole is the best way to describe it. Uh,
0: performance art. Performance art, yes. If you will. And so I'm here... <laughs> A BA,
1: as it were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm here to say that Wes is right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here to say that not only was my uh, feigned indifference uh, slash spite toward Beefeater inappropriate. I, and it was my objection, actually, to
1: you having bee theater, um to basically sound you know better off than it is. Again, it's one of these situations when Jake... You drink Michelob all the time. If there's anybody out there that wants to contact about Michelob and have a beef out, please, by all means, we're not going to read your email on the, on the podcast. It'll go straight to Span. It's going to go straight to Span. But absolutely, Wes is right. Beef Eaters is a perfectly fine mid-tier gin to basically mix with juice is the best way to describe it.
0: And... just a mix with juice. And I, I will go one step further that I... Cannot claim to be a gin snob. I love gin. Yeah. And I love really great gin. Yeah. But I also love pretty okay gin. Yeah. I, I will drink Beef Eater on a regular Tuesday night because that is a Tuesday night gin. I've also been known to buy New Amsterdam mm-hmm. for the purposes of gin and tonics because that is a perfectly fine mix it up gin. So, Wes, you called this out, rightfully so, and and. Sitting, you know, having read that email, I was I was full not only of, of shame, but I realized uh, how right you were in expression as well. So tip of the cap to tip of you. the cap.
1: Our apologies. Good sir. We cannot promise they will do better. In fact,
0: we won't. We won't. But we'll try. But feel free to call us <laughs> out it when it doesn't. And that that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com.
1: Birds Eye View is available for wherever you, should, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps to uh, get further engagement and uh, it makes us feel
0: appreciated as it were. So get yeah, to go do that. Come and get social with us. You can email us just like Wes at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us all over social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Snapchat. We're on the Ticks, the talks. We're on threads. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter slash X where we tweet slash post at B A L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore calm down a little bit
1: get off the edge of your seat and let's go o's
0: is the sky falling not yet what about now not yet now not yet